You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast, is back with 30 more songs and 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 songs that explain the 90s, starting Wednesday, May 17th, on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Hold up and question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? Yeah, Knicks game on last night. Yeah, Dynamite on last night. Here's my question for you. What is the NBA equivalent of Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega? <laughs> okay, the NBA equivalent of Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega. Uh, I think the closest thing we could, we could say is... Uh, but what is, would it be? You can imagine. It could if, be imaginary. It's if Stephen Curry and Steve Kerr, it's like Steve Kerr went up to Stephen Curry and said, you know what? I know the game's on the line right now. We're drawing this one up for Jordan Poole. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it would be. That's the closest it would be. I, I think Steve Kerr is a sweetheart and he would never do anything as callous as Don Callis did to Kenny Omega. But well, you weren't expecting up, uh, it from Don either, man. I mean, that, sure, that was a swerve of all swerves. And boy. It's a it, it's a good parallel too because you know they're different character different sorts of characters but you know Steph is Steve Kerr's meal ticket just like Kenny Omega is Don Callis' meal ticket mm -hmm. oh man mm -hmm. it would Jordan be pretty shocking but I, it, that, that might not even be as shocking as what happened last night anyway we're gonna talk about AEW let's start the show what's going on jabronis it's pitch Mister Perfect Skyler Aston hey this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to You're listening to And you are listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Man Show. 
Welcome to the Mask Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, bud? Fantastic shoes. How about yourself, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a big night of dynamite. I was all prepped to come on here today and talk about the rumors of AEW's new new Time Warner Discovery TV deal that we don't know, but we'll, we can we can we can you know fantasy book it. Uh, and then, and then, and then we had a steel cage match, a hell of a steel cage match between Omega and Moxley. Moxley pulled out the win, but it wasn't just him. It was the nefarious turn mm, dun, dun, dun. by Don Callis. He used a screwdriver on his old friend, Kenny uh, Omega. Uh, no good so-and-so. God, God, can't believe it. I can't decide if I'm more outraged about, more like kayfabe outraged about what that carny Don Callis did or that we're going to end up talking about the ending and not about the match itself, which was just great. I mean, the fact that AEW can pull out a match like that and just make it the main event of an episode of Dynamite, is it's always meaningful. You know, I mean, it's its always with the, you know, and but you know, another thing about the way that they've built this, and, and this isn't to the exclusion of what WWE does, necessarily but we always talk about you know aw kind of doing things methodically doing it the old school way these things are very amorphous and they don't always mean a whole lot when you say it but listen i'm not a big don Callis guy like i i I like don Callis the performer but i've always thought he was i mean i've always liked kenny omega better without him sort of you know i mean he seems like a little like he's the sort of like human feather boa for kenny omega right it's like (laughs) we just need a really irritating signifier that this dude's a heel right now right um and but man if you just play your cards straight right you just like or play it straight sorry i'm mixing metaphors if you just play it straight do it the old-fashioned way do it the you know just tell the story slowly slow food it up then something as simple as a manager turning on his his client just feel like the apocalypse has begun (laughs) you know yeah yeah um i was talking with the guys uh before we hopped on shout out brian waters kerms in here i think ben cruz popped in for a hot second he's a busy man he popped in for a second hot second uh but we were just talking about just how like only in professional wrestling does like stuff like this make sense, right? Like, I'm like, okay, uh, in the real world, right? Like, okay, this whole time I probably have a, a thing against Kenny Omega. Or I'm thinking about turning on Kenny Omega, so I'm just gonna get stabbed in the head. I'm gonna get my head split open, right? But a few weeks later, I'm gonna help these guys, and only because you're a pro wrestling fan, and you're just kind of like, oh yeah, sure, that check, that tracks. Like he's a dirtbag. Like he would do that. Um, I don't know, man. I thought it was a, a you you said it right. Like I think Don Callis is um, just such a natural heel, and it's so clear as day that you know the elite are leaning into super duper face of the company baby faces that the company just loves and the fans love, and you know it's hard to boo them and they're 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 going up against the Blackpool Combat Club, who have obviously become more dangerous than ever you know what i'm saying and um it's hard to be baby faces when you got don Callis in the background like he's just not a he's just he's just a he's a slimy guy like that's what he is like it's hard for him to draw any sort of sympathy and like the fact that he got his head split open and it was just kind of like oh man that sucks he got his head split open it wasn't like you know 
he wasn't like this beloved, oh my God, like this, this person isn't even a wrestler. Like how terrible, why would you do that to this person? Like Doc Callis gets sent to the hospital and it's just kind of like, hmm, sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and there's no through no fault of his own. He's just such a natural bad guy that if you're trying to tell the story or you're trying to just continue the story of the elite being not just faces of the company, but pure ass baby faces, like... You're better off doing it without Don Callis. And you said it. I like Kenny Omega better without him. I like the Young Bucks better without him, you know? And I don't think they've really gotten to any of the details or the weeds of why he did this turn. And I'm sure they're going to try and explain that for the next several uh, episodes before Double or Nothing. But um, it was hella interesting. Sometimes it's just nice to see something happen and you're just like, what the fuck? And that was a big what the fuck. Like, uh, sometimes a nice... A nice, well-timed what-the-fuck can always give a, a good boost to your show. And even though Don Callis isn't the active competitor, that was a nice amount of what-the-fuck <laughs> yeah, to I put agree. it to the story. I mean, I think that I would have expected it to be more of a, you know, Kenny Omega says, Don, you wait backstage, and eventually <laughs> Don gets mad, and then we kind of see the end result of it like after Don a long Callis, time. Don you got the night off. Like, that yeah. type of shit. <laughs> like, that's always... Exactly. That's always coming down the pipe. <laughs> oh man. Well, what do you think is going to happen from here? I mean, is he? They, he didn't like join the Blackpool Combat Club, and Daniel. I mean, Brian Danielson's just incredible. The glee on his face when it happened made it seem like he wasn't expecting it. Who knows? Yeah, um, I think I think that smile made it look like he didn't expect it. Like it, it looked like a. I wasn't looking for this, but I'll take this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um. So I don't necessarily think Don House is a part of the Blackpool Combat Club, but I think maybe there's something a little bit deeper in the weeds um, regarding uh, Takeshka and and Kenny and how that whole whole thing forces... Because I remember Kals was the one who called Takeshka to come save Kenny and the guys before that, sure. right? And no, there's definitely a relationship there. So maybe the, maybe he delivers him to the Combat Club and then we have... Ome I mean, then we have the, the BCC plus Takeshka ver versus... Uh, Versus the elite plus, oh, is Hangman Page going to come back? I don't even know. Probably. It's one of those guys. I don't know. But um, there was some random dude. I hope it's actually a random dude, not somebody I should recognize. But there was somebody on Twitter yesterday or the day before that said, it was like kind of theorizing that Punk got Hangman fired as part of his deal to be returned. And I wouldn't even mention it except that it got a lot of, it just got a lot of responses from real dudes, you know, like people were just like responding to it saying, look at this, look, this is nuts. Um, mm. But yeah, Punk, it does seem Punk like... got Hangman fired. Hangman, Hangman got fired. No, 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 no. What? It's hundred percent, hundred percent unsourced. Not true. Like oh. whatever. Hangman. <laughs> I think Hangman. I think Hangman's out on paternity leave and also maybe a little hurt. I don't know. I mean, he's he's out. He, he's out with. This is a planned. This is a uh, what do they call it? The NBA planned, planned ex, uh, absence. Yeah, uh, whatever. Load management. Not load <laughs> management. <laughs> no. It's a different kind uh, of load management. Hey, oh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, whatever. I mean, I. Uh, I think that one of the things that they that they at least from my point of view, one of my difficulties with something like the Combat Club versus the Elite is the sort of uncanny valley between kayfabe and reality. Where I think I said something to this effect a couple of weeks ago, but like sometimes the matchup is so good on paper in the real world that there's no storyline that could possibly live up to it. You know, mm. and that's fine, right? If you, I mean, if they just said, you know, Danielson, when they, you know, Danielson versus Punk or Danielson versus Omega, we'll give him, you know, give him an hour, get whatever. 
then you're just like, yeah, I don't care what the reason is for this, right? You could just you just give me the match. I'm going to enjoy the match. They're going to tell the story in the ring. It's going to be a lot of fun. Fine. Right. But like the but the the the, the combat club versus the elite is what is it's like a large scale version of that. But with this move, now you bring in Takeshita, you do all the stuff and whatever. Like now the storyline's kind of catching up. Right, it's not just that I can, I love these wrestlers and I want to see them fight. Now there's a story, and it's really hard to get people to. I mean, at the at the it, whatever story you're telling, the hardest thing is getting them to boo and cheer for the right people or the people that you're intending them to. Right, right. now, I mean, you put that Don Callis feather boa or wrap 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 that around John Moxley, then maybe you got some real boos coming in. I don't know that it's really necessary for the for Blackpool Combat Club to get booed booed, but it would be quite a quite an achievement if they did i think they will i think they will you always need one sort of i'll say this right only only because it's a lazy comparison and sometimes lazy comparisons are the best ones right the blood the bloodline at one point were becoming cool heels right like at one point they were just even though they were doing terrible things they still had sammy and they were just doing cool shit it wasn't until the royal rumble where, you know, Sammy finally stands up for himself and, you know, he gets the, the tar beat out of him that the bloodline truly be- felt like they got another shot of life and became truly hated and truly booed, right? And uh, the Black- Blackpool Combat Club was in danger of doing that, Like right? They were stabbing people with screwdrivers to get them to boo them, right? And and that that worked. And I think, you know, Don Callis... You know, not only taking the emotional side of it, like that's the emotional boo, uh, and and adding the physical boo of the continuing the screwdriver, you know, turns it up another level, right? So, and that's the thing. As cool as the bloodline was, and bloodline is, I think the Blackpool Combat Club is just as cool for that audience because it's hard to boo Brian Danielson. It's hard to boo. Claudio Castagnoli when he's like having bangers at Ray Phoenix and doing incredible stuff outside of like the little nuances of like the stabbings and the screwdrivers and stuff. Don Callis gives them that level of hatred that, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, have to force out of with people that, you know, that we still kind of like. You've given them an emotional reason to really not fuck with these people outside of they're the good guys, they're the bad guys, right? Like now you have a real reason to you know understand why we should want the elite to to you know go over on this so but we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll see if if hangman page rides back on a horse uh on the white horse to come save the guys at one point we'll see if Takeshka becomes a part of blackpool combat club and you know just start going on a reign of terror for the next several weeks while kenny's probably not on tv and recovering from his injuries but (laughs) We just need a, a nice, a nice dash of what. The I wish fuck they just really left else. the screwdriver in his skull, I and mean, that could be his new gimmick. <laughs> he just comes out with it sticking out. The doctors told me I got to leave it in, but I'm still gonna compete. Do you think but. it's a real screwdriver, or is it like some? You know, do you think it's uh, screwdrivers in that screwdrivers in that like knife territory where it's just like I don't, I'm not comfortable with its use in pro wrestling, and yeah. and it doesn't matter if it's real or fake. It just freaks me out. It does. Um, the, the, the stabbing motion just always feels like this isn't wrestling. This is violence, uh, <laughs> right? dude. Anytime somebody gets stabbed, you know they've, they've, yeah. I've seen the old railroad spike. Yeah, uh, forks, of course. You know, I mean, there's just it's. Just, I don't know. It's like not the gonna easiest, lie. It works for me sometimes, though. It works it's for the me easiest sometimes. thing in the world to fake. You know, I mean, like I think who who amongst us hasn't taken a 
dinner knife when you're a kid and like you just hold it real loose so it slides back yeah. when you poke somebody in the arm with it or whatever but it just margin for but error is pretty slim it's the perfect kind of weapon though right because like it's so easy to sell in a big crowd that like if you do the fourth grade sort of just like hold it loose and just like put it on someone's head it's gonna oh, look yeah. crazy and if you just push it next to each other it doesn't even have to like you don't even have to really like pierce skin but it's just it's the perfect sort of big audience reaction to something you feel me so uh, uh i like it i think stabbing is kind of <laughs> i think that that's the point it's supposed to kind of turn my stomach a little bit you know what i mean while i'm watching it but i think it's sort of like the perfect up the ante weapon right like it's not a sledgehammer where it's like oh you're swinging it and you're clearly going to put your hand in front of the hammer before it's somebody's face and we could all see it right like a screwdriver is so small and so precise that anybody can relate to that sort of pain to it and it looks gross uh, in a big uh, crowd terrible. Right? Absolutely. it gives you the, the, the exact david shoemaker response that's how that's 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 the response you're looking for that's the response looking for when you use that yeah what yeah i mean that's definitely got to be up there on the scale what in the, what do we use in wrestling that's more unnerving than a, just a screwdriver a screwdriver stab? Mm. Uh, Brian Kerm, what 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 weapon freaks you out the most when you see it used in a wrestling match? What gives you the 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 the? Uh, anybody? Uh, I think thumbtacks could be in there. You you big on thumbtacks? <laughs> um, the two by four wrapped in barbed wire. Yeah, I, I, I think you could. I think you could flub the barbed wire a little bit. The the barbed wire, I'm not. I'm not totally, totally sold on. Uh, whenever whenever people use fire in matches because it's just so Ooh. uncontrollable, mm-hmm. and there's those three seconds after you get thrown through like whatever's on fire that like you're legitimately on fire, so you got to stop, drop, and roll immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that always freaks me out. Just a fire, bit. but that's it. it. It's like fire when it gets out of can out of hand, right? It's like if it right. goes out, then it, in a, in two seconds before you can freak out, you know it's over, right? Barbed wire, barbed wire is a, is actually sneakily the same way because the thing about barbed wire that hurts isn't the impact; it's the yanking it away, right? So you mm. know, real. Fa- it's like the it's if it's not if it's legit if it's shoot barbed wire and they haven't trimmed the pokes <laughs> or whatever off of it, then it's the it's the removal that really hurts. That's why that. I, I've said it a million times, but one of the like legit most stomach turning things that's ever happened in wrestling is the is when Terry Funk and Sabu got so wrapped in barbed wire during their match uh, that they just had to call it right, and then they uh, have to like trim them out and the whole with the, oh it's disgusting. Um, yeah, it's like it's like the it's like the the car windshield, right? Remember when they you would take those like did they they come to your high school to tell you not to drive drunk or whatever, and they would always talk about how like with the reinforced windshield glass. It's like you go through and then it rips your face off when you come back or something, you know? It's like, that's okay, now I'm just grossing everybody else out. So forget yeah, it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of gross things in pro wrestling. I just think the poking motion, the stabbing motion, um, you know, when you see those hardcore matches when they use like the staple gun, that seems just really unfortunate. You know what I'm a big fan of? Even though it's not like, like uh, uh, violent as much. I love microphone shots. <laughs> like, That's what a nice a nice mid conversation. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to and just yeah, it's great. That's the perfect kayfabe weapon great. because yeah. it's because it, it you know it makes sense, but also it's just like it's it's an integral part of the product, right? It's yes. just already there in your hand, and we all know that the noise is not 
proportionate to the pain, <laughs> but it's still the noise is what matters, right? Yes, um, yes. Yeah, it's a it's great really working good. working weapon. Oh man, I'm so I'm I am I am more Nothing. invested in Don Callis now than I uh, than I have been in his entire run in AEW and probably his entire career. I wasn't even a long haired, skinny Don Callis guy. <laughs> I like Don Callis fine, but you know, I, he was never the first person that jumped out of my mind with a lot of things, right? Like he's just kind of he's kind of been a, a very forced gump of wrestling sort of thing where he's just kind of always been around but you never noticed. Yeah. You know, so it's like holy shit, he was there too. Oh, he did that. Oh, sh- oh shit. You know what I mean? But this is yeah. like his first real main not real, but like one of his biggest sort of like main event sort of stories. Got to be, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever been in a bigger but bigger spot than this. You were talking about getting booed or whatever, but this is the first time. I mean, he he, could, he has the potential to get the combat club booed. I think that we there's a lot of different degrees of this. Weirdly, I think that Danielson is firmly in the we will boo you out of respect category. Yes, absolutely. Right? We will boo you because we know part of the show is booing you right now, even though and, we love you. Yeah, and we love him so much that we'll do it. I mean, he could be he could just he could have a five year baby face run with the title, and then all he has to do is just say you people shut up, and we're all just like yes sir, boo. You know, like we, we're happy to do it. Heyman, Heyman is the one I always cite that we just, I mean, Heyman is always a heel pretty much, but like we boo him very much out of respect, right? We boo whoever he's with out of respect. Uh, Um, It's, it's an unspoken sort of exchange between the performer and the crowd where it's like the, but to, to get the best out of this show, I have to boo you. Yeah. I have to jump all in. Weirdly, Moxley, whose approval rating is through the roof, I think has to work a little bit harder to get booed. I don't think we boo him the same way out of respect. If he's he can eat, say he's playing heel, you got to kind of earn. You got to be a real heel, you know. You got to earn it somehow. And certainly, you know, Claudio, as much as I love him, and Yuta, whoever else, like they're just a little bit along for the ride. I really think that that I don't know if it's a formal alliance with Don Callis or if it's just a I don't give a f what happened to Ken about what happened to Kenny Omega. All I care about is that I won. Like that's gonna get him gonna get Moxley booed, and I think that's that's big. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles. 
because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. What else? What else do we have to talk about? Miro's back. Thunder Rose Miro. is back. Whoa. So good to see Miro. I have Finally, had more yeah. conversations about Miro off mic than I have on mic over the past <laughs> year and a half, two years. I think we all have, yes. Um, every time we're out at like a, a WrestleMania or something, every time we're at an event, you always, you know, end up hanging out with somebody who works with Miro, who knows Miro, who saw Miro last week when he was or filming his TV show. I got yeah. to see him at WrestleMania weekend. He was he was out and about. He was in the streets. You know oh, what you I mean? Did? He was, yeah, he was uh I won't say where he was, but yeah, no, nah, he was out and about. I got to say hi to him. We we, we chatted for a little bit and I mean it, he looked like he looked yesterday. He looked great. You know, that was that was the first thing I asked him. I'm like, yo, everything you good. Look, like, you look like you looked yesterday. Was he wearing cargo shorts and a weird collarless V-neck? Was that is yeah, that the look? Yeah, that, it, it was almost a splitting image. It might have been it might have been a different color shorts, but like seeing that, I was like, yep, that tra- that tracks. Like that's not gonna spend right not I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna spend an undue amount of time on it. I might have I might have got some wardrobe together for that big reappearance. <laughs> Hey man, he looked like I mean, he was I, there on business. His so. character tweaks around a lot. I mean, it's you know, he's been tweaked. I'm not sure why Miro doesn't show up in a suit or at least in you know, tasteful all black something. I mean, he's I there. do I do like I do like uh Miro's like influencer threads, right? Like when he was rocking like all the Gucci and sure. stuff and like well, the let loafers. That be. when I saw the shoes, that's how I thought we were going back to it, right? He's yeah. just got some tennis shoes on or whatever. I'm like, okay, let's go. But yeah. like now he's just sort of He's just sort of, um, there's got to be a name for this. It's, I, I'm going to call this, he's like roly casual, right? This is like, you know that, you know that this is the outfit that goes with the roly suitcase. Yes, yes, yes. It's, um, it's a uh, airport chic, right? Is that what, is that what we're doing? I wouldn't say chic. This is casual. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. it's a little bit, you know, you don't want to, yeah, okay. you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're getting filmed, what? uh, running out of the, the airport. How, what, what kind of airport, fit. what kind of airport guy are you? What do you, what do you wear on a plane? Sweats. I've been in sweats. I got my whole life. Like I will, I will get specific sweatsuits or velour suits, knowing I'm going to wear it on the plane. So you were, you were, you, so you're dressing. You're looking good, but you're going to be in sweats. Yes, it's 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 quality sweats. Like I'm not throwing on the, not on the Russell Athletics. Sweats. Yeah, no Russell Athletics. No like Walmart sweats. These are like nice. Like I spent a, a, a nice piece of change on this. Like if I have to go somewhere directly off the airport or off the airplane, which is usually the case. Like I can in the, in the, in the sweatsuit, but it's uh-huh. also nice and cozy and comfy. If I can lay my shoulder on a, a nice Terry cloth, uh, billionaire boys club or Kith suit or something like that, then I can do it and also still look nice off the plane. So do, we, do you get sponsorships for these? Do you get them shipped out to you? <laughs> I wish. I can we wish. Get Kith, can we get Kith to sponsor the, the ringer wrestling shows tri- next trip? So they just, we will wear, we'll, we promise we'll wear our Kith, our hey, Kith track suits on the airplane. 
Shout shout out friend of the show, Ronnie Feig, uh, big, big uh, Knicks fan. Talk to him a lot. Yes, Ronnie, please sponsor our, our, our travel sweatsuits. Like make some official Kith ringer wrestling. The engagement you will get from seeing me in a Kith tracksuit on social media is going to be nuts. Not going to hold you, Dave. You kind of look like the type of person who would be in the Kith. Like, I used to go to Kith. I used to go to Kith down on Flatbush all the time when I lived over there. But like, I didn't really understand what it was. You know, I would like yeah. walk in and just be like, oh, they sell baseball caps here. You know, and then, <laughs> and then you'd like. Then it's one of those weird things where you have to ask someone by, at a counter to hand you a hat, and you're I'm just yeah. like, yeah, not really my thing. I like to shop a little bit anonymously, uh, and then yeah, I walk through. Sometimes get like a T-shirt, but then you get it home and it'd be like, oh, large means something different at Kith, you know? <laughs> <laughs> not definitely. No, um, Dave, you you definitely look like I, I forgot who was in the last style page. I think it was like John Carl was it John Carlo Esposito. I think it was, it was one of those. Oh yeah, guys, there were, but, I saw some picture of him floating around. I don't know if that's the answer, but that yeah, could be. but like yeah, yeah, I feel like I got the same sort of swag, like the same sort of style, like you know, the, the, it's the frames and the glasses. It's yeah. like the very casual, but like you know. Uh, put this together sort of look like you could be you could definitely be a kith model like i, I think that it. we should go, but i think i think that the move is just we, we get the same outfit and then just post a who wore it better and then <laughs> <laughs> you, have the unf- you have the unfair advantage of being a tall white guy tall white guys look great in almost any streetwear no, <laughs> so you just, know I'm, you're gonna pull it off We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I was like, I was, I randomly, this is totally, we're so far off subject now, but the dude that does the state farm or the all state commercials, you know, uh, uh, the fake the, Denzel the, or the, no, the, no, no, the no. mayhem guy, the mayhem, mayhem. guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's that guy's name? Dean Winters is his name. Great actor. He's big. He was in Oz. He was the 30. He was in Law and Order. Oh yeah. A couple different times. He was a recurring role in 30 rock, which gets a lot of airplay in my house. Um, I was Googling him and it turns out he's like, you know, 10, 15 years older than me, which is sort of surprising. We have a, we have a good friend in common. I was like, wow, that guy's older than I thought. But then, the, of course, Google image search, always you always go that way. And he was like, he was in streetwear in a couple of these shots, like real, like, like expensive, probably, a, you know, way too young for him look, but he looked good. So you're right. Maybe it is tall white guys. Uh, never would have given myself off, that sort man. of credit. Anyway, you could pull it off. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if I saw you in a style book. <laughs> but back to the stylish white guy at hand. What do you, what do you, how are you fantasy booking Miro? Man, um, here's the thing, right? Like, I feel like anybody who comes in back into AEW right now, I can't help but think this is for the eventual bl- brand split. Or this is for the eventual uh, show that's going to be announced on, on, the, on the Warner Brothers upfronts next week or. I think Thunder Rosa returned yesterday as well. I mean, whatever we booked and released that, a new like, salsa song. Hey, oh, like that's Ari. Um, that was that was racially insensitive. Uh, there's any if there's any um, if there's anybody that comes back in the next uh several weeks leading up to this show. Um, it's hard to really fantasy book for them, right? Like it just kind of feels like whatever happens, if uh, it almost is completely withholding. To what this announcement is or what this brand split is going to look like, right? Like you could almost. So the last rumor, I think this is from Meltzer, was that it's not going to be a formal brand split. It's going to be just a practical brand split. That well, yeah. Well, we only have one, you know, one brand split to even go off of, right? So it's like, what is? Well, well, I don't think they're even going to announce anything. I just think they're just like each feud is only going to be on one of the shows a week, but like. 
even though they're creating this new show, I think that there's they're working under the assumption now that Punk will occasionally appear on Dynamite, mm. and that just the Elite won't be there that week, right? They'll just do like a talent swap, an unofficial swap at like you know one week a month or something to keep things spread out. Okay. But who knows okay. if that's true? There won't be well, like official like collision rosters and dynamite rosters and rampage. But rosters. you're right. Every, yeah, every it's not. Yeah, and everything is is yes with that in mind. And I think that there's probably I mean there's there's other names too. You know, there's other people that are going to be making returns, and I'm sure that on some level, Tony Khan just kind of back pocketed a bunch of people saying we need to wait for this big moment, and then now we're at like the moment where you gotta you realize you can't debut everybody on one night unless they're starting a new NWO or something. You know, I mean, but. Um, but you're right. Also, Tony Khan has, is this the first time we've had Tony Khan's office on TV? I could have just, I could be totally forgetting it. I mean, I think, I haven't watched AEW All Access, but I'm, I, no, no, no. I mean, like, obviously he has an office, but in kayfabe that he that's has, that's what like, I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking because of the show, they're like, oh, well, I guess we could just introduce this into TV now, now that oh, we've yeah. all kind of seen this, you know, so. No, feels I like think he's that's... really over, it feels like he's professionalizing finally. I'm not sure if I like it. I like everything about this. <laughs> But Tony Khan, <laughs> Tony Khan is more like a, like a, uh, he, it's a guy that you go find in catering, right? He seems like a guy you should have to walk around and find. Now he's not just, he doesn't have an office where he's like, has office hours and you have to stop by. He's definitely carrying himself like the guy who just got a raise, right? Like the suit was on. Well, okay, we can talk office. about that. So Let's the rumor right it. now is it is that the new deal between AEW and, and Time Warner Discovery for the two shows, they're canceling Elevation, they're canceling Dark. Um, I think the we idea hardly being, knew you. and we don't really know what's going on with Ring of Honor, although that might be a separate, it is a separate, I think, corporate entity. So that might be just, you know, kind of keep doing what it's doing. But, um, but the rumor is that for Collision and Dynamite for, it's going to be, people are th saying a billion dollars. Uh, ben Cruz said the last thing he heard was 1.2, 1.4 billion dollars, but this is over a number of years, right? Over four or five years. And if you, if you really do the math, this isn't a shocking amount of money, right? You see what they're, you know what they're, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but go get your napkins and your pins out, guys. Go look at what they're getting paid per episode of Dynamite now, and then multiply that by 52, and then times it by two. Actually, I think Time Warner Discovery might be getting a bargain. But there is a real, but the fact that there, if it does get announced, and it's getting leaked and everything else, if it does get announced at one point something billion dollars, there is a real value to that, right? I mean, this is very much, I mean, commercial PR value to this company is worth over a billion dollars. It's, it's programming is worth over a billion dollars. You know, this is a really, really big deal. And it's and it won't be an accident if that's the way it's announced. It's, it's, a, it's, it's. I mean, they're doing I mean, it WWE, at the, at the theater we, at MSG. They're doing it in WWE's backyard, essentially. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, WWE the, the also, upfronts you mean? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. upfronts. So, like, I think they're definitely going to play it as like we are at the big boy table. It's this isn't just a a a, it is. a minor league promotion. You know, the Monday Night Wars, the Monday Night Wars famously started with Ted Turner greenlighting the Monday Night Time slot. You know, just saying like, okay, you can go head to head with Raw. This is not the same thing, obviously, because they're not we're not talking time slots here. But there is, but there is a certain like, oh, you got a big TV deal, well, so do we. You know, like there, like it's it. There's this, there's a parallel there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a there's a possibility of 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 Max Max Discovery, I guess what what is called now. Well, the, no, and, I, and we, yeah, sorry. The last thing that we heard was that was that pay per views are are part of this deal too. So mm. whether that would be, 
um, a max. I'm, how long is it going to be before I can just say Max and anybody in the fucking world is going to know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no idea. I'm still, I'm still going to call HBO Max for at least the next five months. That purple app is going to not Yahoo, <laughs> not uh, before that one. I mean, so it may be on there. That's been part of the rumor. They have not actually announced, as far as I know, um, how All In is going to be broadcast. So that stuff's still very much up in the air. I think that that would be a really, really big look if they put it on a streaming platform. And, I mean, here's the thing, man. It's All In's going to sell a, jillion, a bajillion tickets. There's a lot of lessons to be ha to be learned, you know, from just the growth of AEW. But I think one of the real big ones is kind of, it's about calling your shot. You know, more people are going to travel to All In, are going to go to All In because AEW was like, hell yeah, we're going to try to get 90,000. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that makes you think that's not like a lot of people. There are a lot of AEW fans, a lot of wrestling fans that will travel to a big show. We've seen it before. But the bigger that the bigger the show, the more people who are going to be sort of, oh, maybe I should go to that. Maybe my friends are going to be there. Maybe there'll be a lot of other stuff going on. I'll have a good time. It's a good excuse to go visit somewhere I haven't been before. Like it, it, the bigger the the more the bigger the called shot, the more I mean, obviously it has a lot of bus potential too, but there's a big boom. And I think that all of this is sort of trending in the right direction, right? You see somebody, I saw a, a Twitter video of the crowd but during the Steel Cage match last night. It was like packed to the gills, people going absolutely nuts. You know, yeah, norm think normally normally the crowd shots, and they're not all usually legit, but normally the crowd shots that are circulating for AW that are cir circulating on Twitter are the opposite thing. It's like, look, nobody's here. Well, right? Detroit's Detroit's a great wrestling city. First off, that's that's oh. always a you know the Midwest, the Detroit's, the Chicago's, like always a great place to to, to, to watch some wrestling. But uh, at the same time, like yeah, I mean they are not even By just AEW. Speaking of Detroit wrestling history, sorry, I'm going to interject. The original Sheik, who was the king of Detroit wrestling, is he famously? I I I was thinking about this earlier. I didn't say it. He famously would always use a pencil that was like wrapped in tape, so it was basically a shiv. That is one of the most that that is just one of the grossest weapons of all time. <laughs> that was a, that was a great callback, by the way. Um, yeah, no, uh, it just seems like wrestling right now is just having a, a big moment, just in general, right? Like I just think you know all the money being even just discussed just around pro wrestling television in North America is is nothing like I, I think we've ever seen before. You know, even at the height of, in my opinion, like even at the height of WCW, like I don't think this much money was being tossed around as far as like television and pro wrestling is concerned. Obviously, you can adjust for inflation. And I'm not no mathematician. I'm not necessarily the best at knowing what, you know, a certain amount of pay-per-view buys would equate to in 2023 when it comes to a streaming or purchasing or the internet, all that type of stuff. It's a completely different ball game, but you know, it's just see, just seems like the wrestling business is so healthy right now because of not just the success WWE is having, but you know, AEW calling that shot and the fact that it's called All In is a great callback to the original All In, which was basically the same thing as calling their shots. And now they can really establish this as their WrestleMania, right? Like, I think for a while we thought it was all out. And I think even Double or Nothing was 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 probably their backlash or something like that. But All In is basically the same sort of mantra that WrestleMania was founded on, which is like, we're just going to put our nuts on the table and, you know, put our faith that our product is strong enough across the country with no matches even announced to sell this many tickets. Like even, you know, 
at as great as WrestleMania is, and we all know what we do every year for WrestleMania, they still have at least two months to promote. You know, you at least have an idea of who's headlining that joint every year, right? Like you at least have an idea whether it's the Royal Rumble, whether it's any of that stuff before tickets even start going on sale. So, um, I mean, it's different, obviously. One company's been around for almost 40 years. Another one is uh, just under five or six. But um, I'm excited, man. Like, I, I just love that, that you know, AEW has been, has kind of refound their footing after a, a, a pretty fucked up summer. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it, right? Like, they had a pretty fucked up summer last year, and it really could have all went to shit. And to go back this, you know, almost almost 12 months later, I think what started in like June, July, about 10 months later, you're about to sell out or about to put in at least 70,000 people in the stadium. You got a new show coming out. You got arguably one of the biggest wrestling deals in TV history um, about to be announced at Madison Square Garden in New York City with a with a huge partner. So um, business-wise, man, like it's just really exciting just to kind of see it, where they're going to take it from here and all the opportunities from the people, which I thought for a long time were, you know, an overloaded roster and a new place for these people to actually showcase their talents and continue building that company up. So it's an exciting time for them right now, man. It really is. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, dang, man. Dang, I mean, there's, it, there, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's going to be a good thing. And now, I mean, you know, uh, as far as as far as that's concerned, though, right? Like, if <laughs> if this if this thing happens, like, how much how much success or how much, uh, I guess. <laughs> blame or credit to CM Punk get for this, right? Like, say he just kind of sat and rocked, didn't rock the boat last summer and none of the summer of Punk stuff happened and, you know, there's no anticipation, there's no, you know, Wait, buzz. you think he's, you, uh, you think he gets credit for, for, for burning everything down so that they could put it back together? <laughs> I or are you just know. saying he gets credit in general? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, a lot of times, I mean, how many times in life does like crazy shit happen and you're like, God, I wish this didn't happen. But in the grand scheme of things, it almost kind of ends up working itself out for the better, right? Like, you know, like who would have thought that after that, you know what I mean? Um, there was a very strong possibility that after Brawl Out happens, Cody Rhodes leaves he becomes a megastar in WWE for headlines WrestleMania. You lose CM Punk. He's also injured. The elite are fucked up. FTR is thinking about leaving. Like shit really could have went bad less than eight months ago or less than 10 months ago for AEW. And they've really, you got to give them credit. They've circled the wagons like a motherfucker, man. Like they've, and now they have an opportunity to, you know, not just get the buzz back that they had when Punk first debuted, but even supersede that. And, you know, blow expectations out the water. So, I mean, the eyes are on them. You know, uh, they said a big announcement is coming next week. And Dave, you know what I'm waiting for. You know, you know, you know the announcement I'm hoping for next week. Forget the deal. Forget cable. Forget forget HBO Max. All that. I need Tony Khan to announce the Goldberg Farewell World Tour. <laughs> Sponsored by Turner Network Television. You know you want it. Are you kidding me? Could you imagine? Could you imagine those AEW upfronts, those upfronts in, in Madison Square Garden next week? And you're going through all these shows that they're going to do. And then all of a sudden you hear, don't, don't, don't. 
walks out on stage. They show all his WCW Turner highlights throughout the years. No, no, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to, like, come out to the upfronts. They're going to do, they announced the Goldberg Farewell World Tour nearly 30 years ago when Turner got into the business with pro wrestling. Wait, it's not just one match, it's a world tour now? A world tour. Is he going to win every match in the world tour? Yes, you don't watch you don't watch Goldberg matches to watch him lose, Dave. What is the booking strategy here? You let him run through the best friends one at a time? Like what is the <laughs> Nobody watches Goldberg for 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 Matt Classics and and catches catch can wrestling, all right? Like Goldberg coming out and and just performing the hits. It's like the Rolling Stones for wrestling. That's how I pitch it. Uh, but we're going to get this this legend out here, and he's just going to do the hits, and he's going to have a bunch of matches, and it's going to be great, and he's going to have one last match in Wembley Stadium. You know, the only... <laughs> I think we are... I mean, I, I mean there's, there's, this is not going to happen. The Goldberg the only way World the Goldberg Tour. Well, I think that the real way... I think the only way to do it is to have is to have it be a Jericho feud because he's got the history with Jericho. Yes, I like that. And like he can that. convincingly... He, he could conceivably beat every member of the Appreciation Society without it feeling like a huge disservice to their character. The end, you know, the final boss is Chris Jericho and Jericho can kind of... can lose and shake the dude's hand. You know, and whatever, let him put him out to pasture, and everybody would be like, "It's fine, Jericho. We know why you did it. Maybe that would work." I'm not entertaining this Goldberg talk anymore. Why? Why? Why are you so anti AEW Goldberg, Dave? What is? What is? What is so wrong? Mostly, about- it's that Goldberg's out there talking to like saying talk, like fantasy booking his own farewell tour. <laughs> it's not. He's, it's not useful to have Goldberg out there telling you the only way I'm coming back is to win, and then he comes back. Well, everybody knows how it's going to end. That's how you get fucking booed at WrestleMania 20. Everybody knows what the ending is going to be. But it's Goldberg, man. His I whole. I don't shtick, mind Goldberg. His whole shtick is not losing. His Who's whole better, is Goldberg in. or the Ultimate Warrior? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Uh, well, I gotta say Goldberg for obvious reasons, right? If like, you had one of a... them at their peak, and I don't, you can define their peak however you want for one year in your imaginary wrestling company, Goldberg or Warrior? Definitely Goldberg. Definitely Brian, Goldberg. Kerm, but the Ultimate Warrior was definitely. Uh, uh, entrance song and some ropes being shook. Right? So is Goldberg. Like, yes, but at least Goldberg got some cool ass moves. Right? Like what Goldberg, was the other? What I don't was care the if he can Warriors do a little, moveset? little, little. He'll Warrior kick. had the colors and everything. That's why. Yeah, I Warrior know. could do it the gorilla me. press. Warrior mm-hmm. could. Warrior did the splash. Name and saw a skinny dude do the splash before he's hitting you with his abs. That's how strong he is. Name five Ultimate Warrior moves right now. Shoulder <laughs> tackle. Body slam, okay. close line, press, close line. <laughs> splash, splash. That's it. <laughs> Goldberg, and then the running the ropes, <laughs> running the ropes, shaking the ropes, bro. And then Goldberg heel kick, spear, jackhammer. Hey, that heel uh, kick put down Bret Hart though. That heel, uh, don't 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 remind me. That's why I can't go with Goldberg. We good, but Goldberg. Hey man, listen. Goldberg, say what you want about the dude, man. At one point, that motherfucker was was bigger than the Beatles, yo. Like, you can't can't front on him, man. Like, as big as the Ultimate Warrior was, he was always kind of like, had that one Hulk Hogan moment, but was never bigger than Hulk Hogan. Like, Goldberg was that dude for like a good year and a half. Bigger than Hogan? Bigger. He was. I think he was bigger than Hogan at one point. 
I think Gold uh, Boy was definitely uh, Bill Goldberg. No. At one point, are you kidding me? In, in 98. All right, 98 you don't think was, Bill Goldberg was bringing it Hogan at one point in time? He was on the cover of TV Guide. He was starting the NASCAR races. The motherfucker was standing next to Stone Cold. He was on, oh, not Oprah. He was on a good day. At his he very, was very, at his very peak, at his absolute apex. Nobody Gold, was more popular than Goldberg at his peak. No, Nobody. At his very, no, at his apex, he was still the other bald guy in wrestling. There was never... <laughs> <laughs> Goldberg was absolutely one of one like you can't or you, you know I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy but he was always the not the not Stone Cold Steve Austin the other bald guy yes yes he was not Stone Cold Steve Austin but at the time when WCW was kicking their ass he was the main reason he was one of the main reasons why he was kicking their ass Kerm, Kerm who do you take who do you take Warrior hey, or Goldberg first of all I'm way too young for this conversation like once <laughs> once I heard Ultimate Warrior I'm like nah I'm out I'm out so like I'm begrudgingly picking Goldberg and it's not an indictment on who's better it's an indictment on the fact that I'm 24 years old and have not watched the Ultimate Warrior shit you wasn't around Goldberg either, though, right? But I've seen, like, the WCW documentaries, and I've seen, like, some of the WCW stuff that's interesting. But, like, Ultimate <laughs> Warrior... You- but, but, Kerm, you even got the... You at least got, like, the last... The last run of Goldberg, right? Even the last run was at least a little bit entertaining. Like that last, those when last Ultimate Brock, Warrior. When, when he beat Brock that first time on, in this last Bro. run, that was that was a crazy moment in Survivor I pro- Series. I was, yeah, I popped for that for that one minute match. <laughs> I, I promise you, I promise you, Kerm Waters. There, Dave. There is a handful of moments where I was truly shocked and entertained at a wrestling mm-hmm. match. Like there's a handful of times. That first Goldberg Brock Lesnar match at Survivor Series was one of the loudest and most fun matches I've ever seen, and it was three <laughs> minutes max, <laughs> like yeah. with entrances. It was three minutes max. Sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes I don't need a slow cooked meal, bro. Sometimes I just want McDonald's. Sometimes I just <laughs> want some. I want some quick, easy, and fun to eat that's unhealthy. But goddamn it, it satisfies me in that moment. And Goldberg mm-hmm. is the most of the moment wrestler I've ever seen. Like at any other time in history, he never would have worked. Never would have worked. Like it just that, like nobody would have given a fuck. There had to be another cool bald guy on TV. There had to be a whole nother. There had to be a big freaking NWO to take down. I can't believe I just went. To, to I just left stuff. for two minutes and came back, and this conversation's still going on. Because <laughs> I will will this Goldberg final run into existence. Damn it! I will do uh, it. Uh, uh, uh. I will do it. Uh, uh. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> So Kerm officially is too young to make a to to pick anything here. <laughs> if you force me to pick, I'm picking Goldberg, but I feel yes, like sir. my vote should count here. I, I, I would like to disqualify myself from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, Warrior wins. <laughs> God, is there is, what is the what is the young person frame of reference for this? Is there a, another wrestler we should compare it to, or is it just like what would Who's make the sense? Young version Kerm? of Goldberg. Nothing. Nothing's that big. Kerm, he's like. The war, Ultimate Warrior was like the Lil Yachty of pro wrestling. For- <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Wow. No, he was like, God. he was like the we Justin Bieber. We're not going to disrespect Lil Boat right now, yo. <laughs> We're not going to disrespect Lil Boat right there. Like he didn't, like he didn't put the hey. city girls on, man. Come on, Come on. Son. Lil Yachty's a versatile artist. Don't do that now. He got a bag. I don't know if Ultimate Warrior has a bag like that. Let's not do that. Warrior was a wrestler, a comic book creator, a pol- a, a political talking head. 
God, yo. There's he no could way. He could appear in mirrors. I mean, he had like magical powers. That'll make the Reddit boards. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, shout out Lil Boat, yo. I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna let you t- talk down on my man's name like that, yo. I like I like Goldberg. That's all I wanted to say. I didn't need I didn't mean for all this Ultimate Warrior. Lil Yachty slander, yo. I like Goldberg too. Sorry. <laughs> we have stumbled I'm just saying onto though, they're both of... I'm gonna take make this slightly serious. Both of those guys are wrestlers who I love and admire and have a great fondness for. And both of them are like in some they're they're they are iconic, absolutely legendary wrestlers that don't that where the wrestling doesn't really matter. It's just the feeling of them being there and then picking somebody up and putting them down. But it's not like anybody cares if they chain wrestle or not. It's just a weird fit for AEW is all. And also Goldberg out there fantasy booking himself is a little bit odd. Um, We talked a lot about AEW. There are other good matches that happened last night, but let's talk a little bit before we get out of here about... um, The World Heavyweight Champion? World Heavyweight Championship? Mm -hmm. The tournament has begun. The first triple threat was on... Monday on Raw, our dude Cody Rhodes, we called it, got taken out by Brock Lesnar, who looked like a horror movie monster and acted even more like one. Um, uh, So there were two triple threats on Monday. Then there was a one-on-one match between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, which was, how many years has it been since... Finn beat Seth Rollins for the Universal Title, and then and then had to relinquish it seven years, seven eight years, I think. Yeah, Yeah. can you believe that? How old? Jeez. My God, where's the time going? Feels like yesterday. Seth Rollins is your number one contender. How do we feel about it? Um, feels pretty par for the course, right? Um, I said this the day after WrestleMania, and I said this the day uh, the World Heavyweight Championship tournament was announced. I just don't think Cody Rhodes has suffered enough yet. <laughs> like you gotta bring in kayfabe that or in, or in real life. In kayfabe, in kayfabe, in real life, of course, we all live through trials and struggles and trials and tribulations, all that stuff. But if I'm looking at it through the WWE lens, I will have to see a lot more of stuff outside of WWE to really get the understanding and the story of what got Cody Rhodes here. So. Just knowing the way they think a lot of times, like, yeah, I kind of saw that Brock Lesnar was going to cost Cody Rhodes that World Heavyweight Championship match. And I think it was sometime, sometime down the line, if I had to spitball, I'm thinking either SummerSlam or Survivor Series, Cody Rhodes finally becomes World Heavyweight Championship. But, you know, this is a title that's going to be defended a lot. It's not going to be a, a Roman Reigns-style title match where you get, you get one maybe every two months. If we're to believe what Triple H... Uh, put out there. This is going to be a title that's going to be defended on Raw. It's going to be defended on pay-per-views. It's going to be defended on live events. It's going to be defended a lot. So maybe it doesn't take that long for Cody Rhodes to finally get the world title. But the smart choice, the good money, to me, has always been Seth Rollins being the first world heavyweight championship. I don't really necessarily know who's going to come off of a SmackDown on that other side. Well, well, wait, put a pin in that because I I want to talk about it. um, But first... Yeah. I don't know, Brian, are you, would you consider yourself a traditionalist? Has there been any point in this process where you said, uh, or you start, were asking open questions about the lineage of either of one or both of the titles? Or is there a point where you said something like, why is this, why are these triple threat matches and not conventional one-on-one matches? It's a disrespect to the history of pro wrestling. Has any of this made you uncomfortable? No, nothing's made me uncomfortable. Okay. Cause I'm on, I feel like I'm on a t- text thread with some people who, are very interested in lineage and how we split the titles and whether or not this is a legitimate title. 
And I see a lot of this online, a lot of complaints about the process. Now I will say, the triple threat thing does is a little bit surprising because it didn't feel like the, what Triple H would do as we had pretend to know him. But it doesn't show. But people were also upset. Oh, sorry. There were a lot of people upset that SmackDown wrestlers were given a chance to compete for this, which I think is the craziest thing of all because like, you want to make this as legitimate as possible. You get everybody in there, right? The brand split doesn't matter. The brand yeah. splits, the, the brand, I mean, Somebody's going to come over to Raw if they're on SmackDown. Whatever. Maybe that was the plan all along. You know? It I mean, was. It, I mean, that's what Triple H said, right? He said yeah. the title, he said wherever Roman goes, like the world heavyweight title would be exclusive to the opposite brand. It didn't say <clears throat> exclusive to just Roman show superstars, which in this case is SmackDown, right? So it made perfect sense to and, me. It actually makes it more interesting that people are also well, This is also kayfabe. I mean, this is kayfabe, but there's, you know, the real world that we're dealing with. If you're talking about lineages and whatever else, I mean, they can do whatever they want. They can just be like, you know, we can give we can give this belt the lineage of any of our belts, whatever, but they're not going to, I assume. There's a little bit of confusion there for me because I think I saw earlier today Edge talking about, you know, winning back the title he never lost. And I'm like... right. We haven't made that clear. That's kind of confusing. If, if Edge is trying to push that as his reason why he needs the title, it, it throws everything for a loop. If they haven't, you know, made that clear that this is the Maybe. Lineage. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess. But, like, none of that really... I, I, I find a hard time getting... I find it hard to get worked up over that. Also, the triple threat thing, first of all, it makes booking sense, right? It, 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 there, what better way to have three... to, to eliminate two-thirds of the potential competitors without making anybody look terrible than do all these triple threat things, right? I mean, that's, I mean, it, from a booking point of view, it makes a whole lot of sense. Also, it's not like the world championships are never decided in triple threat matches. They have those at WrestleMania. You you have to be able to win a triple threat match if you're the champ. It's not like this is like, oh, we're going to do like a sack race or something to determine who's champion. You know, this is, it's a wrestling match. Anyway. I'm not going to get worked up over something I'm saying people shouldn't get worked up about. I'm not, I just don't know, whatever. But anyway, so SmackDown side, we get two triple threat matches tomorrow night on SmackDown that will lead to one singles match. See, you're working the whole range of wrestling things here. Um, we got um, the younger set of Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, and Sheamus versus the living legend set, like obviously you could put Sheamus in there too, of AJ Styles, Edge, and Rey Mysterio. What are your predictions here? Um, kind of feels like, you know, Rey Mysterio has his deals with the D Judgment Day. I still think that story isn't really done being told. So I'm, it might be they're on different shows. Uh, still, oh, for, for the I purposes mean, of Night of Champions, yeah. For the purposes okay, of Night so, of Champions, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go AJ Styles here, man. Uh, this this seems like this seems like an AJ Styles vehicle, and uh, when he came back. He said something along the lines of, uh, we're just getting started here, talking about the OC. So uh, it seems like he's healthy. seems like he's good to go. Um, it wouldn't make sense for me to age for, for AJ Styles and that one triple threat match. And who's in the other triple threat match? Just remind me real quick. Lashley, Sheamus, and Austin Theory. Seems like, uh, oh, man. Oh, man. Gosh, I, I think can't call it's, it. that's a hell of a that's a hell of a three. I think it's uh, Lashley. I think it's Lashley, and I think Lashley is losing to either AJ or Edge. Yeah, I think gun to my head, I'll probably go Lashley too, but only because Lashley kind of made it clear that he's he's coming after Roman, and Roman's going to be on Raw on Friday. I mean, on SmackDown on Friday too. So mm -hmm. I think we're going to get at least some sort of 
path to where his Night of Champions plans are. Uh, they he's heavily promoted in this uh, in this um, in this uh, premium live event. So yeah. I think one of those guys, whether it's Lashley or Edge, are going to have something to do with uh, Roman Reigns' um, undisputed Universal Title match. Uh, at Night of Champions. So I, I'm going to go AJ Lashley, and I think AJ is going to win. I think we're going to have AJ versus Seth Rollins. I uh, would say AJ, and he's in the front of the, he's the, in this, you know, the center of these three guys on the graphic. So obviously he's not just being hidden or whatever, but I feel like I, I feel like they would have done his return a little bit differently if he was going to win the, you know, be in the, in the new championship match at the pay-per-view. Well, it does kind of feel like if you're if we're talking about lineages and and wanting to establish them, like if you're not putting Edge in there, I think AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. No, is but the that's match what that I think. It's, if it's Edge, Edge and Seth Rollins feels like a, a big, big match. It does. It really does, and it, and it feels like a match that you'd want to establish a lineage for a new world heavyweight championship. These exactly. are two wrestlers who are essentially at, at least at the very least the two top five best wrestlers of the past. 10 years, I want to say mm-hmm. 12 years, 15, however long to go back. Um, those are your standard bearers. Those are your guys that you can roll out if you're WWE, whether you're in a live event, whether it's WrestleMania, whether it's Monday Night Raw, and you know they can put out a classic if they need to. Um, that's a match I want to see, too. Not for nothing, right? Like, yeah, for sure. If, if you haven't seen AJ Styles in a while, getting him with this version of Seth Rollins is going to be really, really fun to watch. So that's the, that's the matchup I'm hoping to see. And Night of Champions. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that would be my pick. Rollins, Edge. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Edge also cut this little promo on, online where he said, you know, this is the one that that Brian was referring to where he said, you know, that uh, this is the belt, or is it Kerm, who said this is the belt that he had lost or whatever. It was, that was Kerm. And, um, or the belt that he never got, with the belt that he lost. What was it? What was the line? Regardless, he said, that but he never lost. He never, he never lost, lost, right. The one he had to give up. Um, but he said, what better way to go out? I'm going to win the title, and then when I lose, I'm retired, basically, which is a great gimmick. That would be a lot of fun for six months or something like that, just to that be like... That would be fun. That would be very Ric Flair-like. Uh, you know, like your last match is the match you, you know... Retire on. Damn, I kind of like that shit. That was I. I just I just thought like four storylines immediately as soon as he did that. I was like, damn, that that could be really fucking fun. Oh yeah, really fucking. Fun. Hey, you know who'd be the best person to beat him and retire him? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, who? <laughs> who? Is it Goldberg? Nah, no, man. <laughs> it would be the great if it were chief. It would be. Oh my gosh, that'd be so great if he was just like, if he wins and he's just like, that. you know, as soon as I lose this, I'm retired. And then like 10 seconds later, Roman Reigns comes out and spears him and somehow they <laughs> ring the bell and he's done. Uh, they should great. do that. They could also do that with like Austin Theory, right? Just like Austin Theory just squashes him the next night, the next night on SmackDown or whatever it is. And it's just he like, could. wait, Edge is really retired? Yeah, I guess Edge is retired and let Austin just eat all that heat. That'd be um, awesome. That would, that would be, be awesome. so much fun. God, that's gonna be fun. Okay, you know who now, the best? You know who the best would be, and this would definitely approach like, like be. It's, it's like uh, like Brock ending the streak territory, except way worse. Just for the just for the reaction, and because of their lineage, because of their shared history, have Cena come back for one night and beat Edge right after. <laughs> <laughs> for number seventeen, oh Retiring. my God, yes, yes. For seventeen, uh, there's, oh, uh, there's so got terrible. There's so many, there's so many opportunities for chaos. And you know, I love chaos. You mm-hmm. know, I love it. 
<laughs> My goodness. No, but I think I think that's really good. I think I think I would go Rons versus Edge. Oof. It's hard because they're on different shows, and I don't know exactly how the mechanics are going to work. But I would love Edge to do his own to, to lose, finish up, and then maybe get one more shot at it. You know, and then and and then do that gimmick. Do the if I lose, I retire gimmick. Um, a person who beats me puts me out for good. Something yeah. like that. And that's a perfect. And you know what? You could do it many ways. You could do it in the evil sort of like way, or you could do it in the passing of the torch sort of way where. Well, I was going to say, you could do it in such a way where he's like, he's a baby face, but he's also one of the, you know, if, if, the, if a, the wrong sort of heel is, is feuding with him, he can be like, dude, I wish you all the best, but I don't respect you enough for you to be the person that ends my career so you don't get a match. Mm. You know, and then you can have that sort of tension of there. Then eventually he gets so pissed off. He's like, fine, fine, I'll fight you. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with that. Low key, this is the best part. Just fantasizing about what they could possibly, about the different matchups they could have at the big show and, and, uh, and, you know, what all the different ways you could line it up. Um, I really enjoyed both triple threats on Monday and I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the, the Finn Seth match. I, I really thought Finn was going to win. It really, I'm picking against Seth every single time. I don't know why, but I really thought Finn was going to win just because I thought that would have been such nice symmetry to where he'd, been before uh and yeah it, it uh, seth winning seth winning should never be a surprise it wasn't like it was shocking or anything but it's not i thought they were i thought they were gonna go with finn but it was a good showing by him it was it, it was it was really good man that that um that buckle bomb onto the outside of ring barrier he's screaming like how does that feel or whatever like you know mm. that's nice call masterful stuff Nice, nice callback. Call seven back. years later, this is <laughs> the seven years later comeback. Is it's it's good stuff. But also, Finn was like really, you know, Finn was sort of like playing he and playing babyface at the beginning of it too. You know, he just looked real sort of passive and and you know, and Seth's doing the sing song stuff. I don't know. It just seemed like he was just really like quietly intense. Finn, I, yeah. I really I, I I appreciated it. Anyway, um, all right. If that's it, and that's it. Thanks, Kaz, for doing this. You want to get your plugs in? Yeah, man. You know what time it is. Catch me on MSG Networks all week long. As long as the Knicks are in the playoffs, catch me on PointsBet with Count It. Download the PointsBet app and, you know, get your sports bets in, especially for the NBA playoffs. And you can catch me on Say Less with Kazlo, King and Rosie every Monday on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Kazim. And uh, you can catch me on The Ultimate Show on Peacock. Go on Peacock. Check me out on the WWE tab as well. Um, on the latest episode of This Is Awesome, Most Awesome Celebrity Moments on Peacock as well. Heavily favored there. Wrestling, sports, music, and more. But your favorite something or other. Black guy, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I think you guys are right here on the Ring of Wrestling Show feed <laughs> every week. Yeah. You can find me here. You can find me on the press box. Make sure you listen to all of the great Ring of Wrestling Show shows. This one, Cheapy, Wednesday Worldwide. Thank you to Brian H. Waters and to John Kerma for producing this episode. Aubrey, can you say apologies to John Moxley? Apologies for John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, you and Peace.